comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. For thousands of years, they have existed among us. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. Chances are you've seen them yourself and didn't know it. A secret nation. Our livelihood depends on our ability to blend in with a lust for power. We should be ruling the humans. These people are our food. They've got their claws into everything. Politics, finance, real estate. There's a war going on out there. He makes the weapons. I use them. Now, one will lead them to conquer mankind. Tonight, the age of man comes to an end. We're gonna be gods. And one will try to stop him dead. There are worse things out tonight than vampires. Like what? Like me. Starting! <laughs> that's how the podcast will start. It's just us screaming. Well, that's, the... I don't know. I've always kind of noticed that it's always just me announcing whatever part of the podcast we're at. <laughs> yeah. Production notes. Production notes. Okay. <laughs> so, start off, everybody. Welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe, and with me, as always, is my co host, Blade. <laughs> That's, you gotta be you gotta have some big cojones to go by a nickname like Blade. What's the matter with you? <laughs> exactly. It's like the only other person I could think of is is like the Edge from U two. Yeah. It's like oh your nickname is Edge. No, it's the Edge. The Edge. Yeah. It's, do you think he? Do you think he calls himself that? Like, do you think he named himself that, or was it like? You were to call you the Edge now because yeah. of I don't know his guitar. I'm not really sure why yeah. he's the Edge. But he was—he must have just been like, "You're gonna, you guys are gonna call me the Edge now." Yeah, I mean, it's—we're not calling you Edge. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said the, the edge. edge. Two words, people. And it's not—it's not even as good as like sting. slag off. <laughs> it's like Sting, who's like, yeah, you know, it's like, no, I am the Edge. I'm the Sting. There's there could be many edges, but <laughs> I am the Edge. <laughs> yeah, there know. are many edges like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> this one. Oh, Stanley Kubrick's Blade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, welcome to Comic Logic. Uh, today we are going over our second of our Halloween movies. Woo. Last week, uh, last time we did Hellboy. This time we're doing Blade, 1998's Blade. Neither of which very scary. No, I not gotta really say, not horror movies. Yeah, by any stretch. Yeah, I just I couldn't. I probably couldn't sit through Thirty Days of Night one more time. Yeah, yeah. once was enough. For that. <laughs> was, did we see that together? We, we did. did. I yeah. think see that together. Ugh. It was like only a couple of us in the theater, and I remember we were making a lot of jokes, and so yeah. were the other people. I can't deal with Josh Hartnett post two thousand three. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, Kevin, we're gonna start off this podcast like we start off every podcast. What did you know? About Blade. <laughs> in 1998, I probably didn't even <laughs> wait, wait, know wait, that wait, Blade wait. was a, a comic book character. Let's, let's set the scene. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Year was 1998. America. William Jefferson Clinton was halfway through his second term. <laughs> William Jefferson Clinton was being impeached for the worst crime <laughs> a president could ever do. Lying under oath. <laughs> there will never be a worse president, Kevin. No. Ever. That's, that is where the line is. Yeah. Lying about sex. Uh, a young Joe was working at a mini golf course on the south side of Chicago, <laughs> wearing rayon shirts. Rayon shirts. <laughs> Listening to ska. <laughs> Listening to ska punk. Thinking that it could never get better than this. 
wearing pants that were way, way too, too wide. Big. Yeah. Um, could fit homeless people under those. Um, <laughs> you always had to check. You had to, <laughs> like, before ah, you put your jinkos on, no, you had to be like, ah, the homeless are living in there. You it was the it 90s economy. We didn't have homeless. Everyone was doing great. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Trickle-down economics finally worked. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Blade was actually uh, a character from 1973. He's one of the newer newer characters. Uh, could you guess what genre of movies they they created him from? Like uh, Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan when they were writing this character, they were like, I'm gonna take inspiration from a type of movies. Can you take a guess what those were, Kevin? <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, something exploitation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're pretty right. No, actually, he was created uh, in the comic book Tomb of Dracula. Which was a Dracula-centered comic, and he was just a vampire hunter. He was he was black in the comics. Um, originally created, a, he was he was pretty much a. You don't find too much that says specifically that it's because of black exploitation, but it was because of black exploitation. <laughs> you you look at the character like, yeah, I get it. I mean, he looks like Shaft in yeah. the comics. Uh, originally, this uh, movie was nowhere near as funky as it should have been then. <laughs> no, there was not enough funk in this movie. It was in the late nineties. The nineties had know. no funk. No, it was all just terrible garbage <laughs> electronic music, is what it was. <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about the Apex Twins. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Blade was originally created in nineteen seventy three. Uh, standard uh, vampire hunter character. He was always showing up, just like whenever a vampire would show up, he would be like. Oh, Blade's going to show up in this issue, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he would have his appearances in Spider-Man. And actually, uh, one of the characters in the movie, Whistler, did, uh, didn't show up until the 1990s in the Spider-Man cartoon. So in the huh. Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s, I'm sure you remember that one. Yes. Yeah. Where he... Fondly. Yes, fondly. More fondly than I probably should. Blade actually showed up in that, in that uh, cartoon, and he had his... His mentor, Whistler, who was created specifically for the cartoon, and they liked it so much that they actually brought it into the movie. Now, some of the things from the movie that weren't actually in the comic book, uh, Blade did not have super strength, or he was not even half vampire like he is in the movie. He was a straight-up, just uh, out-for-revenge, Dracula-killing machine. You know? Nice. I always Okay, so there's a character on Venture Brothers, which I know you don't watch. I've seen. I don't watch it as re- I don't watch it regularly, yeah. but I've I've seen a good deal of it, and it's there's, a great show. There's a character, and I can't remember his last name, but it's Jefferson something, and he's a Blackula hunter. He only hunts Blackulas, <laughs> and it's kind of a direct uh, homage of Blade and the original Blade from the right. '70s, not necessarily the Wesley Snipes like, "Do you understand, Blade?" <laughs> Who's always grunting every word that he does. Very good shape that Blade. <laughs> he is. So anyway, he was you know. Not not actually a, a superhero, so to speak. He was just a normal dude. And so in the movie now, you have him being, well, essentially Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yes. yes. Half vampire, half Wesley Snipes. The movie Blade, which I had a lot more fun watching than I care to admit that I had fun watching. Uh, so this movie came out in 1998. This is pre-Matrix, yeah. by the way. Yes. No, I know. I said that while we were watching the movie. I said to my wife, I was like, I really want to watch The Matrix now. <laughs> it's basically like 
This is like almost like a weird vampire-oriented prequel to the Matrix, Matrix. just because of the look and feel of it. Well, let, let's start at the beginning. I mean, the the classic blood rave disco shower. Oh, that's what every rave looked like in the late uh, 90s. 90s. So I understand, <laughs> like having heard about them from the internet and like yeah. Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Oh, <laughs> the only thing I SVU. remember is uh is well mosh pits at ska shows exactly yeah. right you might have, you might really trip it over each other's big jeans <laughs> getting kicked in the face with a pair of checkered converse <laughs> or yeah that's shoes. that's basically what i what everyone was doing in the late 90s is we were all listening to horrible loud techno and thinking uh, tracy going, uh, tra- thinking tracy lords was hot thinking tracy <laughs> lords was hot now that she was of age and uh <laughs> i said look that one up kids uh and uh uh go into raves and meat lockers that's what we did <laughs> pretty much that's i i should i said in the the last segment we just talked about the music again there is some good stuff on this soundtrack it's all the the like the late 90s hip-hop is is great there's yeah. gangstar on this soundtrack there's mob deep on this soundtrack but then there's just like junkie xl and less like oh couldn't do it then can't do it now the system is down. The system is down. <laughs> Somehow that Boom. stuff managed to age worse yeah. than, I rem- than I even expected that it would back then. And the funny thing is is that nowadays you sit there and go, oh, man, this dubstep is terrible. Yeah. Then you're like, wait a second. We weren't listening to anything better in the 90s. <laughs> it's all dubstep in one form or another. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's a very famous scene. I would. It's strange that like just in this, ho- this Halloween, there was something that, like, I guess some disco or rave party in germany is doing a blood shower for halloween oh and they specifically mentioned the blade the blood shower from blade is going to be reenacted in germany and i'm like really that's uh that's still a thing huh well germany yeah i mean they just got blade three years ago if any if anybody if any country it like it doesn't surprise me that they're going to um that they have blood shower parties i mean that sounds like just a normal party in in Germany. Well, yeah, they don't. Well, they don't like call, bringing up showers in Germany ever. That's a uh, <laughs> that's a big no no there. <laughs> no Germany, <laughs> but it's just the shower. It's got blood. Why do you sound Russian? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we're mixing our accents here. Yeah. It's a little early. Yeah, and we're drinking, so it's gonna be. It's one of those podcasts, people. Don't give it away. I'm sorry. I've only had a couple sips, so I'm actually. I'm still just good. Anyway. I'm, yeah, I'm one and a half down. Uh, so <laughs> It's 11.30 in the morning here. Yeah, and I was actually making fun of you for morning drinking the other day. I'm telling you, I needed mm. something to wash down my 10 a.m. bratwurst, and what better than a 10 a.m. beer? In case you can't tell, we're from the Midwest. All right, <laughs> so, This is the thing that we do here. Yeah. So anyway, we have bla- uh, the opening shower scene, of course, and Tracy Lords is you know bringing the guy in and you know tempting him yeah. into... Some sort of weird vampire shower sex thing. Yeah. It's the only human, I guess, which I thought was a little yeah. weird. Yeah. And so he's there, and they're like, oh, good. One human for 5,000 vampires Don- are there. Donald Logue is in the corner getting a beige. <laughs> yeah. Which is really weird. Just a very distressing scene. But, God, I've said this before. I love Donald Logue. <laughs> I get so excited when he's in the movie. This is the, the second. He's in two podcasts in a row he's come up. Yeah. So. So yeah, he's he's weirdly in this movie as uh as like a a, a vampire thrall or whatever they call him, like a like mm-hmm. a sub vampire, yeah. whatever. And then Blade shows up, and he, like as soon as like yeah. it's it's one of those things like at the it's like you know it's like it's like what are all you people are dead? They're like no, we're not dead. We're vampires. 
<laughs> yeah. you know, they, do, they do that blah hiss, <laughs> and everybody's like ah then blade shows up and i don't know who you should be more afraid of the vampires trying to kill him or blade who has a reckless use of uh firearms in an enclosed environment oh yeah 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 well his yeah his bullets are, are special magic silver bullets filled with garlic extract that's or essence of garlic essence rather. of garlic which yes. actually also works great on pasta Oh, yeah. You just crack one of those bullets open. You spread it a little bit of, oh, with a little aioli. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's great. You use that uh, instead of uh, uh, extra virgin olive oil sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You, really, you, you get a nice sauce. It spices up your cooking. <laughs> yeah. And then you, 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 you pour yourself a nice Chianti, and it's all good. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he starts recklessly shooting everyone in there. Now, one of the things that really shocked me about this movie while watching it is they drop the F-bomb so much in this movie it's rated r I, it, well yeah it's it an r rating and and so you know there's no when you when you have an r rating or or, or prior to an r rating if you want to go pg-13 there's a there's a there's a set number you can have like PG one, one f-bomb i think and the martian got two. Oh, oh yeah and they bleeped out a lot yeah so they ended up bleeping out quite a few of them and they didn't show them on the screen yeah so they they uh, they they only got two in the Martian. So. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's generally one. And this one was like, do it, do yeah. it, go R rating, um, which is something that you're not used to in comic book movies. So right, to speak. it's yeah. graphic, it's bloody. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's like overly gross. I mean, there's some gross scenes, particularly the um, the deaths, uh, the vampire deaths. Um, some of them some were fine see that was a complaint that i had about the movie there were a few sort of minor complaints that add up to it being just very a mixed bag for me but one of them is just something that bothers me a little bit that the uh the vampire deaths were all wildly inconsistent (laughs) it seemed like sometimes they would just turn into like dust Dust, fizzle out sometimes they would like I think it depended on how he was killing them. Yeah, probably whatever he used. But at the same time, it was like sometimes they exploded, sometimes they fizzled, sometimes their skeletons. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes little sh- winged skeletons came out of their human skeletons and flew around. <laughs> and sometimes they were killed by bad CGI. Most of the, the time they, they were, were killed, killed by, by really bad CGI. It was the late 90s. It was, it was that horrible spot where... It was like post, you know, Jurassic Park and yeah. pre Matrix when I think CGI got a little bit better and they put a little bit more into it. Very reliant on CGI. Some of the stuff, especially in the the climax, you can always tell it's always toward the end of the movie because they try to make it bigger and so they use more CGI. Yeah. But I also think that sometimes that's because their effects budget's running out. Could be. And so might they could be start trying to like we're gonna do this but then it ends up looking like a weird like car insurance ad on daytime <laughs> tv on yeah channels i'm, I'm kind of glad i watched this in low def and not the blu-ray so yeah i streamed it on we stri- did you stream it on yeah. hbo go as well yeah that actually helped it was like wireless and so yeah you could it's like it was a little it was a little grainy kind of looked like i was watching it on vhs yeah blu-ray yeah. would not have done this movie any favors yeah. it was a good night with me and my wife i was like vhs and chill <laughs> no, so yeah, the beginning you start off, you have Blade, you know, and he saves this 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 kid who he obviously should have let die because he's not going to do anything with his life. But it turns out that in fighting, he sets Donald Logue on fire. <laughs> yeah, that was very confusing to me. He was like, "I've tried to kill you before, but you keep coming back. I'm going to set you on fire." And then he gets interrupted by the cops, so yeah. he leaves. He gets interrupted by inept cops. Yeah. 
Yeah. Put him out. And yeah. And they put him out, and then that's it. Yeah. There's not one cop who's shocked by the fact that there's like, like gallons and gallons and gallons of blood and a flaming corpse. Well, they own the cops, so obviously. Oh these yeah, that's were, true. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that at the beginning, I was like, man, these cops are terrible. Yeah. You know, it's and then it's like vampire lives. Hashtag vampire lives matter, man. But then <laughs> the uh, the vampires. You know, I would be as a cop. I'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> right. It smells so, so bad. bad. And they're like, uh, that's not even from the blood. That's just from the late 90s rave kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's just B.O. and B- ecstasy. B.O., ecstasy, and maybe X body spray, which was just coming into the use at the time. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> B.O. ecstasy. <laughs> I believe that's a drug now. Yeah. Uh, isn't that what MDA is? Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Yeah, so they that leads to the next scene, which is, of course, in the in the hospital where we meet the the heroine of the movie, who I mm. don't even remember her name. Was it, like, Jenny or something like that? Uh, I believe I wrote it down. I think it's Karen. Karen? <laughs> Karen? Karen. Karen. What'd you do with the drugs, Karen? <laughs> I blushed it. <laughs> I blushed it was it all we had. Let's just review Goodfellas. Let's just switch it up. We're going to do Goodfellas. <laughs> and welcome to, to Martin Scorsese logic. <laughs> Oh, you know, no, I so if we just put everything at a 1.5 speed, we'd all just sound like Martin Scorsese. I think the biggest, I, I, I so this movie Her name wasn't is Karen. this yeah. movie wasn't funny enough for me. That was, yeah. I think, the biggest problem. It had its moments. There were a few funny moments. The hospital scene has a funny moment. Really, the first time I laughed during the movie, and I think it's the first time you're supposed to laugh. It's the first sort of funny scene is where the sort of rent-a-cops show up to shoot at Blade in the hospital, and yeah. he turns around and he goes. <laughs> He's, he call that's one of the first f bombs. I think he says uh, something like, uh, like, like what, like what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then they just run away. Like he just turns and he's like, really? You guys are shooting at me? Yeah. It, and I laughed at that, but ugh, it, it was just. I really thought that this movie takes itself way too seriously. Well, you got to. This is a David Goyer script. Um, so he wrote all three of them. Wrote all three of the blades. He also, you and know, blade, uh, blade, and Batman. Batman all the Batmans. Blade begins, and the Man of Steel. So as we mm-hmm. know, he, he's very not into the humor. He's not into the humor at all, as we see by every comic book movie he's ever written, except for Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, which was a 1998 made-for-TV movie that was only played on the Sci-Fi Channel, oh. starring David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. Um, we awesome. that one wasn't taken quite as seriously, but. This movie definitely took itself very, very seriously. And it's actually very interesting because his initial draft of the Blade script was a comedy. It was a spoof, essentially. Mm. And, and it so, should have been. And that movie would have been much more interesting to watch. Yeah, probably. I I, I enjoyed it. I thought there were certain things that I, I really liked. For example, in the, not only the the, – the movie does a, has a really good – and the, I have to credit the director. I think his name is, is Fel, uh, Norrington. Yeah, uh, he's Steven, only got a couple of credits to his name, including League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, <sighs> which please don't make me watch. I will, we're going to watch that one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this movie, I think, directing-wise, is a very it's a very well-directed movie. And Really? Me, yes, and the oh. reason why I say it's a very well-directed movie is because I think he does a very good job of balancing the very fast-cut action sequences you know, with the techno music, but yet when it slows down... It does slow down. It it you hmm. it's not very jumpy. He he lets characters talk. He lets them yeah. kind of look at each other and interact, which you don't normally get a lot of. You you get a lot of uh two sh- uh, uh you know 
single shot camera of like a character, and then it goes to the other character when they're talking. Right. This one they actually interact together quite well. It's pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, I when I was watching the movie, I I was really uh like what what you know the the this is terribly directed i you thought I was it was terribly directed really right but later i thought about it and i and i realized that to your point i agree that the fight scenes were very well choreographed which yeah. i don't necessarily credit the director for because usually there's i was like a look, stunt but there's coordinator usually yeah. someone fight who will, choreographer yeah right i mean there there are movies that do that better than others mostly this was adequate i wouldn't say it was spectacularly choreographed but um, like a movie like John Wick is spectacularly. Well, you, can, you can't go by the gold standard of. Let's well, the new. I think that is yeah. the new gold standard. Yeah, that's but, what I'm saying. But even if you look at, but looking at, at movies of the time, I mean, The Matrix would be an even yeah. better version of that. But that also yeah. was very reliant on effects as well. But um, I, I think that some of that was good, and I think that some of the slower scenes were good. I think what didn't work for me was there were so many super bizarre choices that he would make as a director where there were scenes where we would just cut away to something. Yeah, I didn't notice that. And then you cut yeah. back and you're like, nothing even changed in the scene. <laughs> I don't know why we cut away. I don't even know what we cut away to. And I noticed one or two of those. There yeah. were very bizarre, just the way things would get framed. I was just like, ah, well, you didn't why like are that? we looking at your weird art movie? Like, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought there was some. I thought there was some very clever framing in the movie. Yeah, no, it was interesting framing. I wouldn't necessarily call it clever, but I would say it was definitely Inter interesting. interesting. Okay, well, I mean, uh, well, we can agree to disagree on mm. that. I. I kind of like that. I actually felt like, in comparison to a lot of the Marvel movies, it was actually better directed than a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of the the newer ones. You know, two thousand five. I thought this was actually much more. I think it could easily fit into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You could take this and put it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I don't think you would have a major issue. I think it would no. work perfectly well. Mm -mm. I mean, it, I think that the vampires would be aliens now, but <laughs> you know, sure. Yeah. Well, Blade. You never know. It could be vampire aliens. Mm -hmm. Why not? They would. They would have to. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So that's where you. We're back at the hospital scene. Of course, uh, Donald Logue pops up and he bites, uh, Karen and turns her into a vampire. Yeah. Ooh. And then uh. Blade comes and rescues her and takes her back to his headquarters, where we get to meet the greatest character of uh, all time, Chris Christopherson. God damn it, Blade! <laughs> <laughs> what you bringing a meat slab into here for? <laughs> oh man you know if that wasn't going to be gary Busey, thank god it was, it was chris, chris christopherson that's that's the second best option for that character to this day uh people i know and hang around with quite regularly still quote whistler from blade we still go around <laughs> saying god damn it blade <laughs> it, it's so amazing it, what what in the world was the choice to have to have chris christopherson the country singer Chris Christopherson play this character. <laughs> you know, the I don't want to say that he's vain, but he probably thinks this movie's about him. Um <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh yeah. Or Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte now would be a fantastic yeah. whistler in the the new updated version of Blade. And if he's not too busy killing horses off. <laughs> uh that's a dated reference already. <laughs> I still wish we got a second season of that show. That was a great show. <laughs> What's it called again? Luck. Luck. It was great. Uh, I thought, but yeah, so I mean, th this sets up the whole thing of where it, we find out the ma majority of the plot. 
Blade and Whistler are hunting down Deacon Frost. Yeah. Who is played by one of my favorite actors who never shows up at anything because he's too 90s. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know his name. You'll, you'll have to you'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to look because I, I really didn't recognize uh, him. Stephen Dorff. I, did, oh, I opened yes, up my phone and okay. it came to me. Stephen Dorff. Uh, just he is he just reminds me of the of the really scummy guy that you'd see in a bar in like the 90s like going to pick up chicks like just drugged yeah. out of his mind at all times like just slobbering in alcohol but you know what <laughs> it's steven dorf you know not a bad actor just it's like what? no he was great he he reminded me of of like um what christian slater could have been <laughs> yeah, a little bit if he'd stopped doing jack nicholson impressions yeah long enough. exactly <laughs> yeah no i i I, I I he was great. I had no issue with him. Um and I loved I lo- I loved Chris Christopherson and I and I I got a real clear sense of his motivation. I think that was another issue I had with this movie that I didn't really have a clear sense of Blade's motivations. Yeah. Other than like I mean I guess hey, I go get it. My mother. Yeah, I mean I guess I get it in the context of that. It's like yeah. he says, "Oh, I found him on the streets and he was starting to you know drink homeless people's blood and so he was being a vampire which i guess was fine but it it just seemed like his only motivation was because like chris christopherson raised him pretty much that and it was like okay but so then it's just then it should have been almost about that character about whistler's character you know what i mean like it would have made more sense for him to be more of the lead in that case because that relegates Blade to just like his like, weapon. Yeah, that's what we were, like the Hellboy thing that we were talking about. Yeah, like how Hellboy is just a a or Cronin is just a a weapon, or Hellboy is just the weapon of the BPRD. Right. But Blade is, and in a lot of ways, Blade is just. It, there was a weird thing in the nineties, like late nineties, when we'd have heroes like Jet Li who would just show up in something just to kick people. <laughs> yeah. Like he didn't really have any motivation. He didn't, we just watched it to see Jet Li kick people, yeah. and that's kind of what this movie is. We just we're watching this movie to see Wesley Snipes use his samurai sword to to kill vampires, sure, to turn vampires into ash. Apparently, and cut their hands off, turns their hands into ash, but then their hands it's, grow back. Yeah, which is okay, I guess. Sure, why not? They're, I got two new hands. They're part, they're part salamander. <laughs> <laughs> I got two new hands, Blade. Yeah, so so they they start. Karen on a treatment of of vampire drugs, uh, anti-vampire drugs, which is mainly just garlic extract, which I take for my heart. So this prevents me from turning into a vampire. Apparently, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it keeps my heart. You still don't go out in the sun, though. I'm not no. sure. It's well, working. that's I'm just that white. That's, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's I'm like I'm I'm like when the Deacon Frost is out in the – or Udo Kerr is out in the sun, he starts smoking. That's another <laughs> yes. person we haven't talked about is Udo Kier in this movie. He's great. I love the uh, the the whole illustration of, like, the the vampire, like, uh, League of, of Vampires. League of Extraordinary uh, Vampires. Uh, board. Yeah. Like, the vampire board. Um, although I, I, I think Deacon Frost has a really good point about why aren't they ruling the planet – like this version of vampires doesn't, because because I said that to my wife because we were watching it together, unfortunately for her, and she was like, uh, you know, well, you know, you, you don't want to be maybe it's this case of like 
you know, since the humans are their prey, they don't want to reveal themselves. They want to hunt. And I said, well, I mean, but that's what we did for a while until we domesticated everything. Yeah. And now we basically farm and, and raise yeah. our food. Like, they Deacon could clearly want to do the fed. same Deacon thing. Frost wants to hunt. <laughs> I guess that's probably what it comes down to. They put up the big cage with a human, and then it's just, <laughs> then it's like, dun, 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 <laughs> What's going to happen to the human? Is he going <laughs> to eat the human? <laughs> I happen to be a vegetarian. Uh, it's a veggie vampire, Lex. I made that. I made a, <laughs> made a, <laughs> a Jurassic Park reference during this movie too. We both did when they we kept seeing the '90s computer program. Oh yeah, it's a Unix. <laughs> and we looked at each other and said that exact thing. It's Unix. I know this. It's, it's a Unix, Unix system. No one could have made those graphics on their home computer back in 1998. It's physically impossible. I didn't understand any of that. Well, it's very World of Darkness, Vampire the Masquerade going on at the, with that boardroom scene. It's it's very like. Like, oh, there's a secret shadowy society yeah. that's ruled by ancient vampires. But that's yeah. the thing is these vampires live forever, so they're just like, now oh, we made this decision back in 1684. <laughs> We're sticking with it, man. We just can't get the votes to overrule it. Yeah. It's, no one really wants to give up their 401k. Okay. What, John Boehner stepped down? All right, well, we might be able to get this through now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a vampire. Um... Well, it's it's just the it's so Vampire the Masquerade where it's just like it just reminds me of a bunch of of uh, like goth kids hanging out down at the local park, playing vampire, and you're just <laughs> like, ugh, ugh, yeah. Vampires never did anything for me like in terms of horror movies. Hmm. I was always like, I like werewolves. I like. Uh, uh, See, but what great where there aren't that many that there's many not that many but great that's a, where I mean there are some great werewolf movies. Yeah. Do not get me wrong, but. There's not that many vampire, great vampire movies either. Mm-hmm. And okay. I know you hate Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but it, uh, I, there's not many great vampire movies. I mean, Fright Night is probably one of my favorites. Well, let's but, not get ahead of oh, ourselves Oh, damn it. Here. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, there's there's not that many great ones. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a vampires never really did anything mm. for me. So that's why I'm like looking at this. I'm like, oh, goth kids. Yeah. Get off my lawn, you damn goth kids. I can't take a girl on a date and walk through the park at night without seeing your chubby selves pretend to be invisible. You know. Oh, dear. <laughs> I have issues. This is not I don't know if this is a thing that happens anymore. It must still be. It, a it thing doesn't that really happen anymore. anymore. They no. happen they're at the mall now, I guess. Well, well if you if you really want to know the truth is and this is a little bit of a game classy cut crossover, it's that White Wolf, the people who were doing Vampire the Masquerade pretty much destroyed their entire fan base back in, like, mid-2000s when they did this whole event called Gehenna and just destroyed the entire Vampire the Masquer- vampire Werewolf world that they had built up and reset the timeline, and everyone hated it, and so everyone dropped it. So not many people huh. were playing it anymore. Anyway, back to the movie. Uh, I don't even know what any of that is that you just said. Well, uh, I said it. It sounds terrible. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so we do have Udo Kier, who's famous German actor... <laughs> I don't really even know what he's done aside from uh, the the one Iron Skies. I know he was in Iron Skies. Ooh. And he was also in uh, Rob Zombie's Werewolf Women of the SS. <laughs> so uh, the the fake trailer from Grindhouse. Right. But, yeah, they, they did this whole va- vampire thing. And, we, that's, and Deacon Frost is trying to decipher these pages so that he can un- unleash the blood god. The blood god. Yeah. And basically be king of the vampires. Yeah. And ruler of the planet, basically, yeah. by extension, by yeah, definition. Because he's king of the vampires. Sure. You know, why not? It's, it's not like he can be killed easily once he becomes king of the vampires. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I so I, I don't want to get uh, out of the, the context of the movie, but I, I haven't seen it, so I'll just mention it briefly. But I know, to, to, to tie it a little bit to last time, uh, talking about Guillermo del Toro, who directed Blade, Blade Two? Two. Yeah, I have to assume, and I'm sure you've seen it. Oh yeah, um, that Blade Two is a much m- funnier movie, or it's or it's looser and a little bit takes itself a little bit less seriously. Just I have to assume with Del Toro at the helm. I, I, not really. I wouldn't even say that. It's been a while, a long time since I've seen it, but I don't really remember it being that funny. I remember that there are very interesting parts of it, and I remember it being a much more interesting movie this movie came in 1998 yes buffy the vampire slayer was on was it by now it, its first season was 1997 uh, so i mean there was probably in terms of when they were producing it and actually shooting it there was probably it's not like they sat and i'm not saying one influenced the other or really could have influenced the other but um, it should have because I think that by the time that we well, Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie had already come out at this point. That's true. Yeah. That's true, and that's a fun one. But I think that we had a sense at the time, and even now, like I think if this movie was made now, you would see it would be a very different kind of movie. Even even Marvel Cinematic Universe, notwithstanding, even if this ended up having nothing to do. If this was you know one of the non MCU Marvel yeah. movies, like like. Spider-Man Fantastic Four, Spider-Man. like it would have, it could still have like a different tone. It would still be a very different, funnier, sort of looser movie. Um, as it was, I had a lot of, it, it did a lot of things differently than than Hellboy. Um, not not that I mean, not that they're related, but just because yeah. we talked about it, it was in terms of like a like a origin story of sorts it's not even really an origin no because all he's the, already yeah all of his origin was was the opening scene where the woman come where his yeah. mom comes in and then he gets born and then he so yeah. it drops us right but like hellboy it sort of drops us right in the middle for the most part except yeah. for the intro it drops us right in the middle of like hellboy's doing his thing yeah. blade's doing his thing he kills vampires you and know we what get to maybe, see that and that's fine maybe it's because hell and blade was raised by whistler is the fact that he never says more than three words at a time and doesn't have any real casual wear. No. Even when he just goes to the store, like that guy who's in one scene who he buys the garlic from, I guess. Yeah. We don't really get to see him much. Yeah. That was pointless. He's just a runner. <laughs> Basically. But, you know? Yeah. And the, the the whole thing is is that Blade is trying to stop Deacon Frost. Like, that, that's his whole purpose. Right. It's we've been trying to kill him for a while. But he also, well, I mean, he's, he kills vampires in general. Yeah. And uh, so what it's was his the hobby. deal with the great big fat Pearl? rubber person? Well, Pearl. Pearl. What's the deal with that? Why was that even a thing? I think that they were just trying to track down. No, but why was that character like that? Oh, what I was just, even was that? I just think it was a fun, weird, grotesque thing. Why not? I didn't understand it at all. I mean, it was just a big, crazy, fat vampire. Okay. Why not? Why though? I, d- I don't know. Do you? Really? <laughs> but that's that's the I mean, whole is thing. It from the comic? I, well, I I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know off the top of my head if pearls yeah. from the comics. But it's I like weird things like that, especially in horror movies. Like I like the grotesque. I would much rather see something like that than Donal Logue without you know walking around being Donal Logue. In yeah. reality, I think Pearl is much easier to deal with on the eyes than Donal Logue. But <laughs> The okay. <laughs> oh, but 
poor Donald Logue. <laughs> but that's that's the whole thing is like I, as president and founder of the Donald Logue <laughs> fan club, I have well, to object. Donald Logue fan club chapter three sixty two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's three hundred sixty four members. Uh, the 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 whole thing is, I like, I like that. I remember that scene when I first. It was just such a non sequitur, and it's like I don't care if there's like a silly non sequitur in a movie, as long as like I can understand why the scene is there. Well, and I can't frame well, the, the scene. Well, the, the scene that is there because he's chasing the the guy with the blood bag. No, I'm not saying why the scene, but like why that character was like that in the scene. Like, as long as I can sort of put it in the context of the film. I could be like, wow, that's super goofy, but like there's nothing else like that in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you there. I like the concept of having super creepy, crazy-looking, grotesque things like Pearl. But on the other hand, I would have liked to have seen more of that in the movie. And I know there's more of that in Blade 2. Yeah. Uh there's a lot more weird. That's guilt. Uh, that's Del Toro. You know, it's it's a lot of weird, more weird. It's a lot more uh a lot more of the grotesque. Yeah. And, I, and I agree that the Pearl scene is a little out of place, just in terms of who Pearl is, but I just love that makeup, and I think it it looks so... It was fun seeing a very was, cool, weird, practical... Yeah, and it was goofy, and at the yeah. same time, it was like... It was... It uh, reminded me of uh, of Slither. Yeah, also, a little bit which like... Was, which was much, much later, but anything like that. It reminded me of Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's I, I would and I like the, like the high pitched voice and everything. I thought that was it was fun and there should have been more of that in mm-hmm. this movie. I think if there was more, I wouldn't have an issue with it because I would be like, oh, that's just the tone of this movie. movie. But yeah. it wasn't at all. No, I I agree with you there. Uh, and there was the I, this movie was all about swearing and yeah. beating up women. <laughs> my uh, so my so I mentioned my my wife watches and your wife watches with you as well. But um, my watch wife, is uh, oh, yeah. yeah my well yeah my wife watched it. I think she she sort of started to tune out toward the end. But um, she she kind of she we're watching the scene and I think it was right around it was right before that scene yeah. where he where Blade and Karen are kind of going down sort of the staircase and mm-hmm. my wife is like I wish um, that she was more like badass. Right, like yeah. more of a badass character. Yeah. And I looked at her and I go, she didn't know anything about any of this until this morning. <laughs> and now she and Blade are going down this staircase to find out about vampires. And she has a huge gun and is just like, okay, we're going to go and do this. I was like, how much more badass could she possibly be at this point in the movie? You would be curled. She was like, yeah, okay. That's, that's She's pretty good. You're like, <laughs> you're like, Kristen, you'd be curled up in a ball crying for seven hours. <laughs> so would I, <laughs> frankly. I would I'm just a vampire. Be like, vampires, no! No! Ah! <laughs> I'd be like, so what kind of vampires are we dealing with here? This is like a Salem's Lot situation or <laughs> what works what doesn't work how much of the legends are true let me get my checklist out yeah like... okay crucifixes are out garlic is in got it <laughs> the crucifixes are so last season oh yeah um so yeah they and they uh of course it's uh deacon the whole thing is is that deacon frost needs Call me deacon frost <laughs> he deacon needs frost. He needs the Daywalker blood. Well, I made it like an hour into this podcast yeah, before I referenced Steely Dan, so be proud of me. Uh, so Blade is doing 
Blade is a daywalker. That's like a, yeah. a, a word that they use here. <laughs> yeah. Because Although he's not really. He's just basically roided up, and yeah. that allows him to deal with it. Yeah. He's uh he he's essentially a vampire that could go out in the day. Yeah. He's like a vampire with none of the vampire weaknesses. Right. And so they're Daywalker. Yeah. Um, and so he basically got... you just you just summarized this movie in one <laughs> affectation. That's the whole movie. This was a, could have been a very short podcast if we just done that. Daywalker. That's it. That's the whole movie. And yeah, so so the whole thing is they need Daywalker blood to resurrect the blood god. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what the Bloodwalker's god's name is. It's like Misha or something. There's a lot there. of specifics yeah. in this movie that don't really matter. Yeah, and and so they they finally. It, Blade tracks down Deacon Frost and he finds that his mother is still alive as a vampire mm-hmm. in a really creepy Oedipal scene. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was something. That was that was something else. <laughs> but the weird thing is, is like Blade's mother technically died while when he was an infant. How the hell would he even know who she is? Yeah, well, he has her driver's license. Yeah, oh, we that's see true, that yeah. briefly. Yeah. Um, so he knows what she looks like, but then she I also think, knows, knows her height, him. weight, and eye color. She, <laughs> right, and it's uh, on her social security number. <laughs> I know who she was. Her social security number was eight nine four three two eight four six. I don't know whose social security number is. I think you need one more number. Oh well, that that prevents me from getting sued. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that could have been anybody's. <laughs> there are ten people out there whose social security number you almost Most read. Have. Yeah. So yeah, there. Uh, you you have. The social security number, like so, that's what he has of her, and yet just get this really creepy. Yeah, so I guess it would be right. It would be not as creepy, but it was still a little disturbing. You know, you look exactly like my mother. (laughs) I am your mother, Blade. What? (laughs) (laughs) There'd be too much. That's I've said more lines as Blade than Blade has in this entire film. (laughs) Flim. This entire flim. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then so he allows himself to be caught and. His blood is drained, which brings they lot they kill off all the vampire yeah. leaders, and then it leads to the resurrection of the CG blood god. Very handy, by the way, that you let Deacon Frost kill all the other vampire leaders, and then you kill Deacon Frost. Yeah, and now you're good. We yeah. don't really have that much left to do. I'm and going out to Applebee's. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, he so they resurrect the the blood god. Blade basically gets free. Uh, the uh, Karen, who yeah, she climbs her way out, and she I love the scene that cracked me up where they put her down. In, oh yeah, like, the, the dungeon, the pit. and then the other Emmy is there, who she apparently had had this the, sort of related yeah. at some point, sort of had a relationship in the beginning. He's like. She's like, I don't want to hear anything about us. And then, of course, he's like, have you ever thought about us? And yeah. She gets annoyed with him. So then when she she sees him again at the end of the movie as, I guess, a vampire, but like a weird, like, in like, a dungeon monster vampire, like somehow. Like very Renfield-esque vampire. Yeah, very yeah. weird, creepy feel Nosferatu. to him. He kind of comes out and he's like, do you ever think about us? Yeah. <laughs> and I lost it because I was like, see, that's what I wanted more of yeah. in this movie. That tone. Would have been great. I didn't yeah. necessarily need it to be a comedy. I just thought that the movie should have t- taken itself less seriously. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I, I, I respectfully disagree, but I, I understand where you got with that. Um, but yeah, so then, then she manages to get free of that, freeze Blade, and 
I think it's weird that he's in love with a woman that kind of looks like his mom. I don't want to say they they look exactly like, but there's a, there's like some there's similarity. A, yeah. Sure, I feel like that may have been a thing. It mm-hmm. may have been intentional a little bit in the casting. It could have been, and so the uh, yeah. So now Blade has to to fight. He fights off everyone. He manages to kill Donald Logue, as much as Kevin Chagrin. Um, and of course, even though Blade has simul- has has drop kicked four women in this entire movie, like literally beat the hell out of four women. They're vampires, so it's okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, they were right. No, they were gonna. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay with with yeah. with beating up vampires of of e- of either uh, gender. You're equal, equal, uh, equal yeah. representation. But he he can't kill Tracy Lords at the end. He's got to leave that to Karen to kill Tracy Lord. Yeah. This obviously this vampire who's like a, a top tier vampire. Let's call her B class vampire is going around like, you know. But of course, this woman who's only been exposed to this world for a day. Yeah. Uh, is able to take her out, you know, whatever. It's fine. She Uh, learns a lot. She does say she's a quick learner. Yeah. Obviously, (laughs) there's not that much to vampire hunting. Well, I mean, she's she's obviously the greatest, uh, you know, medical examiner of all time because she creates super, like, explodey hemoglobin stuff and no time flat and finds a cure for- hours at most. Finds a cure for vampirism using uh, retroviral DNA drugs. (laughs) Based on cures for tr- or treatments for sickle cell anemia, yeah. so I mean, a little on the nose, racially speaking. I was I wasn't gonna say that, but yeah. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I get it, but it's also like, eh, well, I mean, there's, that, there's, I mean, okay, I, I, I could argue that there, that's fine. A lot. I, I didn't of... get that. I didn't think that that was problematic for the movie, but it's worth mentioning that it's like her knowledge of sickle cell anemia treatments. Well, I mean, has she, to factor she in. is like a, a, a literally a blood doctor. Like, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand. So, like I said, I understand sort of the context, yeah. but it's it is worth mentioning. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of putting weird, it out there. There's a lot of weird, like vampire vampire movies since the 1990s. There's always been like this weird STD subtext to, to vampirism, whether it's AIDS or uh, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, and, and I think that we could talk about this later if we want. But I think that. You know, it's like anything where horror movies in general and then vampire movies more specifically tend to be, I mean, are a reflection of the times, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, early vampire movies, it was this spooky foreign thing. There would be this, this foreigner. Uh, Eastern Europeans. Right, this foreigner, this Eastern European. I mean, they were Romanian, for God's sakes, you know, yeah. would come over and it would be, you know, the British would be like, oh, oh this this seductive evil foreigner, you know, is, he doesn't even know how to line up properly. Manip- manipulating our, our, you know, our women and transforming them, and you know, there's a bit of that. He says he wants to have sex with our women. We don't even want to have sex with our women. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you can skip ahead, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense as we've sort of figured out yeah. more about those kinds of diseases and kind of framed it in that way there's always been sort of a sexual element to vampires in general because there's there's that seductive thing there's you know yeah. the, the, what they do to the women like that's always been a part of it and so now that we know about you know the yeah. specifics of all these diseases sure i mean we're gonna frame yeah. it that way mm. um uh, there's always there's, i like it yeah there's there's always this weird vampire there's always this weird taboo when it comes to when it when it comes to, to to blood in uh especially in American culture mm-hmm. we have this weird I, I would even say human culture is like blood is always a very strange taboo that well, we it frightens us yeah I mean just, ah. there's an innate thing I mean however everything... in movies we could see a lot more blood than we could see of nipples 
Nipples. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Well, we can, nipples terrify America. That's a whole other subject that I I don't think is right for this podcast, but <laughs> right now, but yeah, that's it's we we're in agreement there. Yeah, no, blood. That's a big. That's a big thing about it too. Yeah. Of, of something that that all of those legends sort of come from that idea yeah. of of something that feeds on well, what, I mean, your essence or your youth. You know, something about that. I mean, I'll pull my I'll pull my college prof- gender. Uh, gender studies professor card out and be like, well, yeah, I mean, like even the the act of vampirism is you're literally penetrating the individual and sucking out their life essence. It's it's very, it's there's very phallic and it's very it's very sexual in and of itself. Yeah. The act. I mean, at the end when Blade is is being drained of his own blood and then Karen comes in and she's like, you have to bite me to regain your oh, strength. Oh, it was it was clearly like they were meant to be framed to be reminiscent of they were. They were doing it. They were they were Marvin Ganging it all over the place. <laughs> it was very clear there was thrusting involved. There was, there was thrusting. No there was need weird. to be thrusting, but d- oh, Wesley Snipes we, was going to thrust all over that girl. <laughs> we also forgot to mention that Deacon Frost finds uh, Blade's lair and uh, and and turns Whistler into a vampire. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, God damn it, Blade. I'm turning into a vampire, Blade. God damn it. <laughs> you got to leave the gun. God leave damn the it. Gear. Walk away. Walk away. I think that was one of his songs that he was playing with the, uh, <laughs> who was it? Was it the Outlaws? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you ever oh, hear the, the, you know, you're talking about the High Women? The High Women. High yeah, Women, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you ever hear that song where he's like, where Chris Christopher's is like, I am the boat captain. No. You, know, you ever heard that one? No. No, that's a weird ass song. I just, I, the Highwaymen, not very good. No. I love early Chris Christopher. Well, yeah. God, I mean, that yeah. first. But I mean, everyone in the Highwaymen. First record. Fantastic. Sure. I mean, well, you got Johnny Cash and uh, uh, Willie Nelson and, and uh, Chris they Christopher. Were the, they yeah. were the country rock version of the Traveling Wilburys. Exactly. And the Traveling Wilburys only have like one or two good songs, as much as I might like that album. It's not a very good that album. That one album they have. Yeah. I think they might, they might have two. Uh, the second one is kind of like a weird. I think it's just studio sessions. Okay. Yeah. I'm not they have one sure. proper album. They have one proper album. Volume yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> As if there were going to be more and then there never was. Yeah. Well, we need more Dwayne Allman in our lives. Um, Dwayne Allman wasn't in the. Uh, wasn't? I no. think he was. Which of the Allman brothers was in there? None of them? No one. No one. No. No, it was Dylan. It was George Harrison. There's it was Jeff Roy- Lynn from ELO. Yeah. Roy Orbison. And Tom Petty. That's, That's it. it? Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking. I, mm, yep. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll, I got it. I, I'll. 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 I'll believe you. I thought there was another one, but I don't. I don't. Who knows? But anyway, let's get off the high women. God damn it, Blade! I gotta kill myself, Blade. Walk I away, sit, Blade. I think we oh, should wait. sit here and talk more about the Almond Brothers. <laughs> Eat a peach. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, not the peach. The Almond Brothers. Um. So yeah. So Blade ends up. Uh, Going and fighting Deacon Frost. I was say, he saves the day. Yeah, he, cuts he off. wins. Well, I mean, he cuts. The, the thing, the thing that bothers me is there's this whole buildup to how Deacon Frost is now the vampire god. He's mm-hmm. the blood god. Um, he regenerates yeah. really, really fast. He cuts his torso in half, half. and then the CG blood goes. Uh, it bubbly reconnects bubble, it together, and then it just comes back together. And oh, he's like, I'm and the CG, amazing now. The CG in the scene is so laughable. It's because it's pretty it, dated. It looks like the blob from the weird Matt Dillon version of the blob. Oh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you know I know what I'm talking about. about. Yeah, the '80s one. Yeah. That's yeah. what it looks like. That like weird, like purplish jelly. Yeah, it's like mm, I'm gonna put that on some peanut butter and have myself a sandwich. <laughs> so yeah, and, and then he, it's like, oh man. And so Blade 
like throws up his sword and his sword's got this like weird little spring mechanism. Oh, the whole thing. And it, it knocks down the super hemoglobin. His, yeah. Or whatever his it is. The cure, basically. The cure was up there. It wasn't the cure though. That was what he used to kill the vampires. Well, I thought that but I mean that was what it was. I think it's the cure if you've been bitten. Oh okay. right. Yeah. Maybe I'm I may or may not have that exactly right. It's possible I'm I'm fudging the details. That's how I Yeah, a cure if you're it. bitten, but if you're born a vampire, just a vampire, it just basically reverses you and it, I don't know, out of existence, you explode. Otherwise you get yeah. all bubbly and weird, almost like Big Trouble in Little China when, when Oh, when I was storms. gonna say total recall, but yeah, big trouble yeah, is a little bit more accurate. Yeah. It just becomes a big yeah. squishy monster and then your head explodes and so your he, head explode it's to make so, another home so reference. so blade of course throws all of them at deacon frost and even though he is a blood god he still it, it just overwhelmed yeah. his ability he, to regenerate he turns into uh uh tetsuo from akira i was, I was gonna say yeah he becomes the akira monster <laughs> tetsuo Kanada! and pff, he explodes everywhere and then blade's like I guess you could say I'm all done. It's not even a clever pl- pun. And then he ends. They then it ends. It's like he ends up in in Russia in a mirrored scene. To That's the, the end of that chapter. chapter. <laughs> yeah, I still gotta kill me some vampires. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes to Russia because there's nothing more mysterious than Wesley Snipes walking around in Russia. <laughs> Everyone stops and just looks yeah. at him. I mean, what? Like, let's face it. If he's in New York City and you see a guy dressed like Blade in New York City, you're just like. It's New York. Well, how funny is it that <laughs> Greatest he's in, city on earth! How funny is it that he's in, like, Chinatown, and he's beating the shit out of the cop? Yeah. At, like, an actual cop in blue, he's beating the shit out of him and starts shooting a gun at him, and, like, no one says anything. Yeah. They're just like, New York City, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah, I'll take a foot long, put mustard on it. <laughs> I fold up my pizza in a roll. I fold up my disgusting piece of dough you call pizza. So <laughs> we eat pizza here. I like it crack thin because you know what? I don't like to taste shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> He's eating this. I hope we have a big listener base in New York <laughs> who just jumps on us. I'm certain we don't because we don't have a big yeah. listener base, period. But I really think that this is how we're going to do it. New York, we just... it's my kind of town. <laughs> What you gonna do about it? But yeah, if you saw a guy dressed like Blade in New York, you're not gonna blink an eye. I mean, like, but if, no. you, but if you see a guy dressed like Blade in, in Russia, you're gonna be like, mm, he's not yes. wearing a tracksuit. There's something off. He doesn't play for hockey team. <laughs> Where's tracksuit? Where's Adidas? <laughs> Where's gold chains? Where's gold chain? He does not squat like a like a Slav. That's a thing. Slav squatting. Look it up. Okay. Uh. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, that's uh, our blade. That's our blade. Come to think of it, Blade, I owe you one. Actually, if you want to get technical, Blade, I owe you two. Oh, it's so funny, Bright Eyes. I'm expecting company. <laughs> Catch you fuckers at a bad time. All right, so some production notes. I mean, I'm just going to hit some stuff that we haven't talked we didn't talk about in the previous section is is that 
this movie was originally written, and I think it was 92 or 93. It was originally written as a spoof. I mentioned that in the, in the recap. Uh, the studio wanted uh, basically three people were up for the part of Blade, and that was Lawrence Fishburne. It was uh, Denzel Washington and Wesley Snipes. And Wesley Snipes, of course, got the part. Uh, most of the other stuff was is pretty on the nose when it comes to production. Uh, but it, it is worth noting that this is Marvel's first movie in the 1990s that was released in major theaters. Hmm. Um, you got to think. Uh, there was a couple in production at the time, though. X Men was in production, and so was Spider Man. Spider Man. What about um, the original um, Punisher, nineteen ninety? That Dolph was Lundgren. that was really early nineties. It, it was like I think it was nineteen ninety, but was that theatrical or was that TV? I don't think it was TV. It may have been theatrical, but it might okay. have been like one of those weird canon films that got was it. like okay. Jim Cotta that wasn't. But, I, but I think you're right. I, I mean, I think I mean, essentially was... that's the gist of it. Is this was sort of the first kind of major one? Yeah, first major Marvel mm-hmm. motion picture, especially in the what I guess you can consider the comic book movie. It kind of was the movie that made it so that comic book movies could be marketable and they could be a success. Now, even though this movie is an R-rated movie. It still did incredibly well. I think it made twice its budget in uh, mm. domestic, and it made overseas uh, more. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Sure. Which Ebert's a good person to go off of because he's interesting. At least he doesn't have very. Oh yeah, I, I yeah Ebert was always my guy. Yeah, um, I just like him because he didn't have wise. he didn't have very traditional tastes. Because there would be yeah. movies that would just be like, why does he like this movie? Yeah, and he definitely spanned. He he was a big in, uh, influence on me in terms of my approach to movies, where I can really get down and appreciate, you know, um, art house and you know foreign and and really kind of analyze the classics. But he's also okay with like he understands what a movie like Blade is trying to do, yeah, and can frame it that way and go, okay, does it succeed on the terms? on its own terms that it and do what it's actually setting out to do. Yeah. I, and I, you know, there's, I, but, I, but you got to look at it in terms of like everyone rotten tomatoes gave it, it's like at a 55% on rotten tomatoes. That seems fair. Yeah. And, uh, but, and you know, this is movies that are, bef- that are pre internet are very interesting on rotten tomatoes because you know, that a lot of times rotten tomatoes nowadays, it's like you're either at a hundred percent or you're at like 10%. Right. Because, um, people there's a very big there's a big hive mind when it comes to a lot of those reviews yeah so like in the 90s it's it was interesting because a lot of these critics are going out there and they're you know there was a very mixed bag mm-hmm. when it came to a lot of this stuff and it, it was it was a success it was a very successful movie to spawn two other movies mm-hmm. you know pre pre marvel cinematic universe and some would say that the, uh blade 2 is very good is better than the first one and blade 3 is got ryan reynolds in it so Don't be scared. Holy shit. 
People are afraid to say this name in the game and represent the same, but they complain and complain and they blame the corporations for the own situation. Okay, so guys, this is gonna be a good one. Um, Kevin does usually takes the pick three. He's like, okay, we're gonna do our pick three is gonna be this, and I've been doing the re the the casting mm -hmm. one, and I had some problems with this one because I was like, for the longest time, I was struggling like. What the hell am I going to recast this as? Mm -hmm. the 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 knee jerk reaction is go black exploitation, right? Do yeah. like a funky, yeah, nineteen seventy like, similar to the comics. I don't know black exploitation enough to make a good recast, and I don't think no, you know either. I don't either. Yeah, no, I'm I'm certainly on a scale of uh, zero to Tarantino. I'm I'm pretty close to zero. <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of Wes Anderson to Tarantino, you're a Wes Anderson. <laughs> uh, definitely, I'm Wes yeah. Anderson on most scales. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd I consider myself more of a Jim Jarmusch on that scale, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So the that was originally, but then I thought about it after watching the movie, and I said, you know what? Let's go just ten years earlier, and let's do Spike. Let's make it this a Spike Lee joint. Yeah, because I think that the movie Blade could lend itself well to what Lee, Spike Lee was doing in the '90s, which is very socially conscious movies that deal with you know. Uh, issues of the inner city and you know mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier vampire movies are always about you know uh especially in the 90s they're all about stds and they're all about yeah. sex and the stigma around it you know essentially it's like you have a bunch of people going around having mouth sex with each other and a guy's out to stop them from having mouth sex with each other <laughs> there's a to 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 jump off that but also kind of change it a little bit there's a version of this movie to be made now as well in sort of the you you mentioned you made reference to you know the black lives matters movement and the fact that they make it such a pointed thing that the police own uh, the the, the vampires own, own the police. police. Yeah. There's a great script to be mined here about framing the vampires verse, you know, and the police in the context of sort of an urban environment that I think, especially early Spike Lee, I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, I haven't kept up with him no, as much lately but i mean his I, last great I, I movie was inside man so feel like he's gone a little bit off of that path which you know for better or worse it is what it is but um i think that there's a, a movie that would really really work there to be made now but we're talking about going back 10 years earlier and doing about 1989 which is kind of when his first sort of great movie yeah well was I mean, made um, well, I shouldn't say that. School no. Days. School Days was probably his well, first school, great movie. Well, I mean, She's Gotta Have It was 86. That movie wasn't bad. That's true. Um, yeah, School Days was 88, and Do the Right Thing was 89. So that's, why, right that's why I so, picked, yeah. like, 89. So we're kind of in that context. So, um, I mean, we don't necessarily have to do 89. I mean, like, 90, 91. It's like, well, that's that, how I did it in terms of picking out. I, I drew a lot of inspiration from mine, not just on Spike Lee, but I also... Um, the late ninety, uh, the late eighties, and and particularly the early nineties were a great time for um, black independent cinema. Oh, anyway, yeah. you know, John, um, Lana, I, I shouldn't say John Singleton, but well, I mean, um, yeah, a even, little bit of that, a yeah. little bit of um, F. Uh, Gary Gregg came out, and he just who did exactly straight out of Compton, he did a Friday, and it was the mid nineties. So right, right, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and Boys in the Hood was a big yeah. uh, was a big influence as well on on sort of mind. So. Yeah. Um, do so, you want me to start it out? Do you want me to start out with my blade? Sure, start off with your blade. Who you got for so blade? So it's funny during the production note segments, you mentioned who the other two picks for Blade were, were yeah. Wesley Snipes, uh, or Wesley Snipes, who got it, uh, were Denzel Washington and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. 
Uh, so I actually have two blades um, <laughs> because I had an initial like if this was a Spike Lee joint Wait. in 1989, Spike Lee would so probably that's, play Blade. That's was, that was like my I was going to say the same exact thing. Right. That was my initial. But I said, well, um, Lawrence Fishburne is the same age, just about. I think they're about a year apart. Um, so I did go with Larry Fishburne. If you look yeah. at Lawrence Fishburne in nineteen ninety in Boys in the Hood, if you yeah. look at that look as as uh, uh, I forgot his character's name in Boys in the Hood. But if you look at him and you're like, yeah, you know what? That would was be kind of boy? amazing. <laughs> no. No, that was Ice Cube. Ice Cube was Doughboy. <laughs> uh, no, he was the professor. Yeah. He was know, the yeah, teacher. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just can't remember his character's name. Uh, I think he would have a great time. He would, he would be a little younger, obviously, because he's the same age as Wesley Snipes is in real life. So 10 years earlier, he'd be 10 years younger than Wesley Snipes is in Blade. Um but I think that that would be kind of a logical, like Spike Lee would obviously cast him yeah. if he didn't cast himself. Yeah. And I think depending on which version you, the mo- that movie you yeah. go with, that frames it as potentially a very different movie. Are you Blade? Why are you so small? <laughs> You're tiny. Exactly. Mookie. Um, Mookie. <laughs> no, Blade and, and it's Mookie. A, okay, I'm glad you went with Lord Fishburne because I went with Denzel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's the other sort of obvious yeah. one, and and it's funny that, that well, those the well the original three. Uh, I didn't mention this in production notes, but the, the the when I was saying it was in production since ninety two, the script was originally written ninety two. The original Blade, uh, that the original movie that Blade was written for there was uh, LL Cool J. Okay, and I, I, he was like yeah. one of the ones I was actually thinking of, but I was like, you know, he didn't really work with Spike Lee. As, no, I don't. Not that I could think of. Yeah, he may have I at some yeah. point, but I, d- not I don't any, know offhand. So not any compa- like it's not like wasn't a lead role. Yeah, I mean Denzel anything. was in what Mo Better Blues and uh, sure. Uh, I know he was an Inside Man, Jungle Fever, Jungle Fever. That's mm-hmm. the other one. Yep. Um, wasn't Wesley Snipes? Wesley yeah. Snipes was in that as well. Actually, Wesley Snipes might have been the one in that. I, I yeah. don't know if Denzel was in Jungle Fever. Now that I say that off the top of my head, but. Um, they definitely all work together. And yeah, Lawrence Fisher yeah. was in virtually every single one of his movies going back. I was also there was there was a uh, there was a well maybe I'll get I'll get into it after. But Denzel after and Malcolm yeah, X yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, Malcolm the, X, of course. One, yeah, yeah, the big yeah, yeah. one. Um, who was uh, robbed of his Academy Award for that movie? That movie was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, who did, did you do a, uh, a Whistler? I cast pretty much all the main characters. Yeah. My Whistler, um, I went with Ozzie Davis. Ozzie Davis? Okay. Do see, the right thing. I was thinking. The mayor. I was thinking Ozzie Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wanted to keep it kind of racially. Uh, sure. Yeah. I racial almost parody did. On I considered that. Yeah. I went with Anthony Quinn. You know what? Anthony Quinn was my original. When I yeah. that's right. That's so Cuz Anthony that you Quinn say was that. in Jungle Fever. Yes, that's yeah. who I was going to go with when I thought let's make it um let's keep it racially yeah. um cast like exactly yeah. what they did in Blade. Let's go ahead and keep if a character was yeah. black if a character was white. Um I did. I went with Anthony Quinn originally yeah. and then I, Ossie, I, I could decided see Ossie to Davis. change it to Ozzie Davis and just keep it black. Wasn't Ozzie Davis also in uh Stephen King's The Stand? He was, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he was the um, judge. No, he wasn't the judge. The ju- he was um, the judge was the guy was the um, oh the yeah, guy yeah. from uh, my favorite Martian. Um, and yeah, 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 yes, yeah. and picket fences. <laughs> I knew him at the time for picket fences. Yes, but for my favorite Martian. Yes. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, God, anyway. how weird is it that two podcasts in a row we've re- re- we've referenced my favorite Martian? That, that is weird. Very weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's so the. Um, 
Yeah, that, that was my my Whistler I went with Anthony Quinn. Just, you know, it's, Anthony, Davis. Yeah. it's Anthony Quinn. He's, you know, Zorba the Greek. What are you going to do? There you go. Yeah. Um, my, did you cast, who else did you cast? Because I cast pretty much all uh, the Yeah, I, I, cast, I cast a lot. Um, so who'd you put for your uh, Karen? My Karen <laughs> is Rosie Perez. You went with Rosie Perez. I went, I, I went with Holly Berry. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you that know, would make sense. Yeah, Rosie Perez was actually one of my th- – I was thinking about it as well. But, however, I couldn't take Rosie Perez seriously as a uh, – as a, as a, as a, anyone in the medical profession, let alone – Oh, see, that I think – see, that's – by the time I got to Rosie Perez, I thought, like, that's the movie I want to see. It's, like, how funny, like, really go inner city humor, really, really – dig into that and i just think that would be hysterical yeah. and you could mine that for a lot as well because i think of her character in white man can't Him jump, jump yeah. right where she's goes on jeopardy i know five five uh five foods that begin with q exactly that becomes the character <laughs> quince that becomes the that becomes the the sort of the gag and i think you could you could easily yeah. make a very similar i like how we always doctor <laughs> Oh, I can reference white men can't jump Rosie Perez. Who can't? <laughs> who in their 30s can't? Uh, my Deacon Frost. Yeah, who'd you do for Deacon Frost? My Deacon I think Frost, we might. If we, I'm, I'm willing to bet that we have the same Deacon Frost. Maybe. So my Deacon Frost never, I, never worked, to my knowledge, with Spike Lee. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. But when I saw him the first time, he reminded me very strongly, especially the first time we see him, of a character from another vampire movie a couple of years before, the, in, in the late 80s, uh, a couple of years before this supposed movie came out. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lost uh, Boys. That's interesting. I yeah. just like to think he would reprise his role, basically. I mean, yeah. Um, I ended up going with John Turturro. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John More T- on him in a moment. Yeah, okay. Um, John Turturro was my uh, was my Deacon Frost. He... he I just mm-hmm. I feel like he'd be he's like a good because w- with me I think when Spike Lee I'm thinking the vampires are gonna be more are are more of like the mob the mafia the Italians yeah that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking that Spike Lee would do so of course you would always he gets John Turturro to play like these Italian guy even though John Turturro does not look any more Italian than I do <laughs> <laughs> John Turturro is my Quinn is your Donal Logue oh character. okay that's mm-hmm. Barry Pepper for me. <laughs> Barry Pepper. Remind yeah. me who that is. Um, he's just the character actor. He shows up in a lot of Tar- okay. uh, a lot of Spike Lee stuff. He was in Twenty Fifth Hour. He was in. Okay. Uh, he just shows I up. Think in a I lot know. Of stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The other one I was thinking of for um, for uh, uh Deacon Frost was um, oh I can't think of his name. Uh, John Leguizamo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Worked with him in Summer of Sam. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is. An underrated movie, not a very good movie, but it's a lot of people don't like it. But I think it's a very interesting movie to watch. Yeah, if you're gonna it watch, is. if you're gonna watch a non-Spike Lee Spike Lee movie, that's a very good one to watch. Yeah, there's a few of those, it, and he tends he tends to not really be obviously in his element because it really, yeah. you know, isn't this sort of stereotypical. But I appreciate that he that he branches out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. Not great, but underrated. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I, but in in terms of this Italian mafia that you know he's working for the Udo Kier <laughs> character I got is um uh what uh, uh Frank Vincent okay yeah yep. so Frank Vincent shows up in every one of his movies I wanted to go with uh, what's his face Sal from uh Do the Right Thing yeah uh, uh, Danny Aiello Danny Aiello but right, I was right. like yeah Danny Aiello is not that you know he doesn't have that mob boss type 
you yeah. know, little yeah. little too little too hey! henchman. Yeah, yeah, henchman. He, he would uh, be good as the Donal Logue yeah. character as well. A little too hired goon. <laughs> I have to do it in every podcast. Hired I bring up goons. <laughs> goons. Um, yeah, so that's why I, I ended up going with with Frank Vincent on there. I, I think it would be I think it would be good. You know, is it, get away from like the German like weird European vampire. There's and, no reason for that in in a Spike Lee joint. No, you you got an Italian vampire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Italian vampire's life would be terrible. Can he garlic on anything? Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's you really you could play rough. that into the movie. That's that that script. You can right work th- blood into the sauce, though. Yeah, you can still have spaghetti. You yeah, know, and and in the nice red sauce. Yeah, it's I I could see the jokes being written. Yeah, yeah, as as we speak on this. <laughs> Who else are we missing? Anyone else? I didn't cast anyone else. Those were kind of my main characters. I didn't even think Ye- about the Udoker character. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. Pretty much makes sense. Yeah, that's all. Pretty much. So you don't have anyone that's going to be. I could put Rosie Perez as the Tracy Lords character. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think of her. I, I normally I will go with like the the high profile henchman, but other than Donal Logue, I, I couldn't think of anyone else. Can I ask you a question? Why did we think Tracy Lords was attractive back in the nineties? You know what? It was just it was the forbidden thing. It was just once we found out that about she was that 15. whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Once we found out about that whole thing, she became famous for that, and that was enough. That was enough, I guess. For all the creeps. Where's the Miller highlight? Where is the Miller highlight? No more highlight. You look what we happened by. No more highlight. What kind of a joint is this? How come no more highlight? Look, doctor, this ain't Korea or China or wherever you come from. You get some Miller High Life in this funky joint. You buy another beer. The mayor. This fried shit tastes like cold pot liquor. But you asking a lot to make a man change his beer. You asking a lot, doctor. All right, so our, our, our top three. Doing top three vampire movies. It's very uh, kind of obvious. Oh, I we were going like... vampire movies. Okay, I just oh, was going by top three vampires. vampires. But we could do vampire. We could do vampire movies. I'll do that. Okay. As well. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that we mix it up because I do think that's a different list. And actually, I mentioned that, um, or I will mention that as I as I was sort of putting my list together last night and this morning. Um, I think that over the course of as we're doing this podcast, I think you know we get maybe some of the obvious ones out of the way. Like if we watch Blade, we're going to say, you know, top three vampire movies. And then, so like I was talking to my wife and she said, you should do top three vampire slayers. And I said, oh, well, there's two more Blade movies. So maybe yeah. if we get to those, we could, you know, do something like that. Like, I think we'll get to slightly more um, esoteric or like loosely associated lists that we want to kind of put together. Um, but this is kind of an obvious one to do. But of course, yeah. I didn't know that you were not really a fan of vampire movies I'm until not, you said but, so. But it's a okay few though, because there are good vampire movies. It's just not yeah. like there's certain people that are like really into vampires, and there's certain people that are, you know, I don't want to associate with them. But sure, <laughs> I, I do enjoy certain vampire. I like. If yeah. It's, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. I was, I was yeah. gonna say I don't like vampire movies like as a rule. Where like oh I'm it's a vampire movie I'm gonna have to see it but like I do enjoy movies obviously and I enjoy horror movies yeah. obviously and so vampires show up a lot and I appreciate a great vampire story for all the reasons that I think that we've talked about so um, you want me to do my I uh, guess go ahead with your number three whether it's your top three vampire or, or vampire it's, movie or I'll go is with the vamp- list the same it's pretty much the same I can I can easily adapt it um 
Number three is uh, the movie that you absolutely hate, and it's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I knew it. Um, it's my number three because it's not a very good movie, and I will, I will admit it that it's not a very yeah. good movie. It's very long, but some of the performances in it are so sublimely amazing. Yeah. Uh, Tom Waits as uh, Renfield. Oh, love um, it. Um, I do love that. Gary Oldman as, as Count Dracula. There are a handful of performances that I think are brilliant in that movie. Um, then you have Keanu Reeves and uh, Winona Ryder in that movie. Keanu and... Reeves is not one of those performances. <laughs> and you have Carrie Elwes, who's the only British actor. Oh, my God. And they cast him as the, the American. American. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to strangle that movie. Do not get my blood boiling on that movie. I, I, I absolutely... It's it's a very and I like all the practical effects in it. I like that it's not very CG. There's not a yeah. lot of CG in it. There's barely any. I don't even think there is any CG in it. But I mean, it's very it's very old school. And I kind of like it that way. So it's interesting if and it's fun, and I'm glad that you brought up. I'm glad that some one of us that you mentioned Bram Stoker's Dracula because I certainly wasn't going to put it no. on my list. Um, if I agree, if we were talking about movie vampires, yeah. Specifically, if we were talking about movie Draculas, <laughs> I feel like it's you, a Dracula run. No, no, he's a vampire. It. He's not a Dracula. No, 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 he's not a Dracula. But do you ask for Crayolas when you're drawing? No, you ask for crayons. It's, yeah. it's you don't ask for the name brand. Would you know? It's like no, I, I don't. Not I'm not hail corporate at all. I use facial tissues. I, uh, <laughs> um, I will photocopy my my. You've got it. You've got it. I will photocopy. Uh, you've got to give it to Gary Oldman. Oh, his Dracula is, I think, the best movie Dracula. However, that movie is a pile of garbage. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. I know, I know you do. Uh, and anyway, um, so that's why I think it's. I think it is important to to make a distinction in the overall movie. My number three is uh, 1922's Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm not one of these people. I have to go on record as saying, especially as we do this segment over more podcasts. Well, see, right. I mean, it's it's funny because the movie... Uh, <laughs> Watch out, Dracula. Don't drink his blood. It's an Irishman. <laughs> the, the movie... It, you can make or break that movie with the yeah. music, obviously. I mean, it's a silent movie, and it's funny. My wife had never seen it, and we watched it a couple of years ago. And whatever DVD release I got from Netflix had just, like, this 80s redo of the score that was just, like – I mean, Seems it didn't heavy. sound 80s. <laughs> no, it didn't sound like a New Order album, but it was <laughs> – it was vi- it was super goofy, and she was looking at me like, "What is going on?" And I'm like, "This music is terrible. I don't know what to tell you." you. Should have just downloaded. Like, I know that there's uh, yeah, there's, there's and a I lot should of- have. And I think if we yeah. ever watch it again, that's a good idea. There's a couple sites that if if you're interested in, if anybody's interested in, and you want to watch like a silent movie, there's a couple sites that have either a fan made music mm. or fan performed music that's based on the original, movies that are yeah. pretty interesting to listen to. Um, I mean, as a rule, like I, sh- I should say that I'm not one of these people who generally, like, as a rule, believes like um, the early version of the thing is going to be the best thing. I'm not Rolling Stone magazine, yeah. you know. I don't think like it's 1922. It's obviously going to be in my top three, um, but it really is. I think the the way that they portray sort of that Count Orlock character yeah. is like it's so creepy and compelling that like they made a movie about. The idea that that was a real vampire, Shadow of the Vampire from two, the year well, two thousand. That's that's the reason why I like if we talked about favorite screen vampires. If I was gonna go with 
Nosferatu uh, uh, before I would do uh who was who was the guy who played him in in that one um uh not not not, not in the 22 version who played him in that one it was who the Shrek him. Max Shrek. Shrek yeah 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 mm-hmm. Max Shrek also the name of the bad guy from Batman <laughs> Christopher Walken Christopher Walken's character very confusing <laughs> um yeah Max Shrek I would actually go with probably either uh Willem Dafoe over that playing him in Shadow of the Vampire mm-hmm. or yep. Klaus Kinski in the remake that oh, was yeah. done by uh mm-hmm. Werner Herzog yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all good, all good stuff. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna. I, I won't take up more time on my number three. It, it's yeah. Nosferatu. Uh, my number two, of course, is uh, uh, a movie that we we mentioned earlier, and that's Lost Boys. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lost Boys, I think, is fantastic. I love more than I love the vampires in that movie, which I do love the vampires in that movie. I love Keith Kiefer Sutherland's uh, mullet in that movie. It's fantastic. Oh, yes. But I just love the vampire lore around it. It was very. Yeah. Tra- it's very traditional. Um, and it's very, it's very fun. It's, it's mm-hmm. just, um, and I just, I like that it, 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 it's portrayed as punk. You know, it's punk to be vampire. Yep. It's cool to be a vampire. It's shirtless sacks on the beach to be a vampire exactly. is what it is. I always think of the, you know, Simpsons where Bart gets transformed into the vampire and they do like that weird Salem's Lot thing. Yeah. Where they're like floating outside. No, it, it, that's from Lost Boys, right? That's from Salem's Lot. It's Salem's mm-hmm. Lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The floating outside yeah. the window. And they're like, it's cool, Bart. We get free sodas if you say you're a vampire at the movie theater. <laughs> You know, it's like, that's what I think of. Like, yeah. It's like, come on, Mikey, it's cool to be a vampire. You didn't kill the head vampire. <laughs> Grandpa, you're the head vampire. No, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's an honorable mention for me. I, I love that one. That's definitely in my top five if we were doing top five. But yeah. I did not quite put it in my top three. But what, I do really enjoy that movie. What's your, top, what's your number two? My number two is, uh, at the risk of having it be yet another Kevin pick, uh, my number two <laughs> is uh, 2008's Let the Right One In. Uh, that's that like... is a much beloved, I think, right now. Yeah. Um, I think if you're talking about the sort of the modern vampire movie, like anything made sort of post-2000, I think that's generally regarded as kind of one of the, the greatest right now. It's a Swedish film. Um, it's uh, it's about, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's about uh, a 12-year-old boy who lives in this incredibly creepy apartment complex in Stockholm, Sweden with his mother. And he befriends his local neighbor, who's a little girl about his age, named Eli, who is a vampire. And yeah. so there's sort of this whole, I mean, there's a lot going on in the movie. There's, you know, uh, there's an investigation into the sort of the murders and the disappearances because the child father shit is going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because her father is killing sort of for her because he realizes that she's a vampire and he has to, you know, he wants to keep her alive. But of course, it's you know, this huge burden, and both of them are lonely. I mean, the one boy is bullied at school. Yeah. And, um, I think this is just, this is, this. I love this film, and it, and it, and it has one of my f- all-time favorite, like, final scenes, which is telegraphs from space. I mean, when you can, when you see the movie and you're, you're watching it, you, you know how this movie is going to end, and I won't spoil it, but you, as soon as you, you're 30 minutes into the movie, you know how the movie's going to end, but the way that it's, um, that is actually directed and executed is, I think, brilliant. And it really gets at this idea of, like, adolescent kind of loneliness and, you know, this this kid who's not a vampire, but, you know, he's bullied and he's lonely. And then, you know, and it's this wintry, horrible, you know, endless nights yeah. of Sweden. You know, and then this girl who's also lonely, but it's because she's a vampire. Yeah. Um, if you are one of those people who are not into subtitles um, and cannot watch foreign movies first of all i pity you and i think that it's really uh, in your best interest to 
you know, expand your horizons. There's an entire planet full of art out there for you to experience. But there is a serviceable 2010 English language remake called Let Me In, which is, like I said, it's it's adequate. There's some decisions that it makes in the interpretation that I don't care for. And that ending scene <laughs> that I love is not handled as eloquently as the original version is, but it's passable like if you it's acceptable yeah. like if you're gonna if you want to watch that movie but you cannot do subtitles at least watch let me in because it will give you the gist of it even mm. though the nuances are are not quite there it's a uh, little ham-handed let me let me just uh i i kind of figured that you're gonna put this one on your list uh i like it it is for reading subtitles it's a slog to get through that movie it's very talky it's very it's a very talky movie because it is a lot about that sort of that adolescent thing and it's not a very um action oriented no, like it's uh, it's graphic vampire movie but it has sort of flashes of yeah it's it's a slow movie i remember watching it and i was just like this movie's still going on <laughs> I, I i enjoyed it i i liked yeah. it and the final scene i won't say any more about it but in the pool that's the one yeah. i'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah 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 is one of my favorite things there's there's some there's some uh that that, that movie is 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 definitely I Scandinavians in general, man. I'm trying to the get, bleakness. This is just this trying is, to get through their movies. It's, it's like Ingmar Bergman's yeah, vampire. I wonder movie. why the suicide rate's so high in you know amongst the Norse countries. God's you know? silence. That's what it's all about. All uh, that Kierkegaard. All that Kierkegaard. You know, that's what it is. Don't bring down this podcast by bringing up pure Kierkegaard. Um, so my number one is, uh, and I've already kind of mentioned it. It's Fright Night. Yeah. 1989's Fright Night. Chris Sarandon is the vampire. Ugh. It's a great movie because it's, that is a very good movie because it it has elements of you know uh, um, a rear window you know it's like you don't know if he is a vampire and you yeah don't know. it plays it very mysteriously for a long time yeah and very very teenage angsty I mean William Ragsdale star of Mannequin and <laughs> Herman's head um, playing the main character you know he's he's got to go you know rescue his girlfriend and mm-hmm. you have Roddy McDowell playing the 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 midnight movie monster like yeah, host who yeah, yeah. like learns all of the tricks on how to like and it's Roddy McDowell who doesn't love Roddy McDowell yeah but yeah oh Fright Night is just it's one of the best it's a fun movie I, I'm surprised I think, to see it at number one but it is a fun movie I think it's just because out of all the vampire movies I think that one's the most fun for mm-hmm. me and it's a vampire movies to me should be fun they need to be a little sexy Chris Sarandon is obviously very sexy he plays the neighbor who's like like the mom is like obsessed with him, yeah. you know, this very sexy dude. Mm-hmm. It, it's great, and I even think that the remake that they did with, uh, with Colin, David Tennant, mm-hmm. David Tennant and Colin Farrell, and Colin Farrell. Is not, not bad, terrible. No, yeah, it was a lot of like, why are we not just watching the, the original? original? Because yeah. it's very, very similar. But I agree, yeah, it, it it's hard to screw that up because the central premise is so solid. Yeah, it, and it's a, it's that I think that's what it is about it. It's very clever. It's very suburban. You know, it like is. it's a very suburban mm-hmm. horror movie. Like Poltergeist is yeah. a very suburban horror movie. <laughs> they didn't move the body! <laughs> uh, so my number one was going to be a Dracula, but the question was which Dracula, right? There's dozens, hundreds of different Dracula movies. And they're all um, pretty bad. That were made. Uh, I, I would, I would, I would disagree. Um, but I went with, if I was going to pick one Dracula movie that I could watch for the rest of my life, it was going to be 1958's horror of Dracula, um, AKA Dracula, 
which I believe it was how it was released here. Uh, that's Christopher Lee okay, and I was gonna Peter say, Cushing. I was gonna, I was going to say which one is that? I think I it's love Christopher me Lee. Some Bella Lugosi, and I think Bella Lugosi has a, a obviously that's iconic, and there's so much you know owed to that movie in horror Dracula to anything that Christopher Lee did, but. You know, just that amount of just like crazy menace and just like him with the blood on his face and the eyes. Like yes. Christopher Lee, the late Christopher Lee, you know, just completely owns that. And the way that, you know, Peter Cushing's Van Helsing kind of plays off of that. I mean, the two of them on screen together. I mean, it really is that same. It's the same basic movie. But it really comes down to who are sort of your two yeah. leads, you know. I I generally don't care who Jonathan Harker is played by, and as long as it's not Keanu Reeves. But I, you know, it all comes down to your, you know, your vampire expert and your vampire. You know who else is in that movie? Michael Gao, who plays Alfred in Batman. Ah, see, yeah. it all comes back. We've got <laughs> Mr. Dracula. <laughs> Someone is waiting for. <laughs> This Would you like to turn into a bat and fly away <laughs> over to? I mean, take Mr. the car. Mr. Mr. Van Helsing left quite scrap, quite quickly. It seemed like it was an emergency. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> Poof. He turns into a bat in the bat. I mean, uh, yeah. There was a. There was. I. I had a couple. Uh, uh ones that I could have put in this in in the movie. I, yeah. I want to talk just a couple of my of my maybes, which was. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Dust Till Dawn, yeah, one that I which really I watched liked. not too long ago. I rewatched that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, that one Bugs Bunny cartoon where he goes to the castle in Transylvania. I think it was uh, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's, it's called Transylvania, like iOS nine thousand or yeah, something or like, like that. Six, well, uh, Transylvania six five thousand was an Egg Bagley Junior comedy. Uh, <laughs> no, maybe I'm mixing up my yeah. my jokes. Yeah, I think so. But this it's one something is the, like that. But though. it's the one with with Dracula where he turns into the bat and the bat's yeah. got the little top hat and he on. keeps right. And yeah, he, keeps he keeps running yeah. into things and, and he keeps smashed and, and every, stuff. Yeah, every time uh, Bugs Bunny says like abracadabra, right. or Pocus Pocus, he turns yeah. into the bat or does it, and then he's like Pocus Cadabra. <laughs> right, and he's got like the bat head. Yeah, Walla Walla Washington, and he turns into like a bird. <laughs> No, that's great. <laughs> that's, yeah. Like that's what that's like the silliness of vampire movies to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Is that you? He's here. He's here. This must be Pearl, the record keeper. <laughs> He's going to kill me. You need me, Frost. You need me. Pearl, your history. Have the good grace to die with some fucking dignity. Frost. Congratulations, Blade. Frost. I hear you've been looking for him. I'm flattered. It'll pass. Fuck. All right, so uh, final thoughts and grade on Blade. Um, You know... Oh, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, my, I sounded weird all of a sudden. Um, you know, I... Uh, I didn't hate it. I mean, I liked it. I think that it was such a mixed bag that there was so much that I, you know, didn't like. And then a lot that I liked, you know, in general, I think I think Blade was great. I think I think it was really fun to watch, like, even though he was he was very sort of dour, very, very Christian Bale in Batman Begins, just very like, Ugh. yeah, that's what I, I you know, I didn't think I mentioned that during the recap, but I kept on like I was doing the voice. It was very Batman. -y. It was just the Batman voice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. I, I I generally came down basically, you know, we do we do letter grades, and if it was, um, 
I generally, on, on Letterboxd, which if you go on Letterboxd, by the way, I'll say this now, um, and you look up my, uh, my username, which is the same as my Twitter handle, at KWhiteSays, um, I keep a, um, a list of all of the movies that we review with links um, in the comments of those to the um, podcast episodes. So if you um, want to catch up or you just want to remember what movies we did or, or leave any comments, that would be um, awesome. But uh, they do a five-star system allowing for half-stars. Um, so if we go back to the 10-star system, I mean, I can't help it. We're right. I was right dead in the middle. Two and a half stars out of five, five stars out of ten. Um, I'll give it about a C plus. All right. This yeah. was about as middle of the road for me as you can possibly get. I liked as much as I hated. I as much as I I wanted to not like this film because I usually the I think the reviews are much uh, the podcast is a lot funnier when I don't like a movie. Um, I actually quite liked it. I was I was shocked at how much I I enjoyed this film. A movie from 1998 that I did not have like any fond memories of. Like this is not mm. a movie that I remember seeing in the theater, and I was getting a handy during the show. <laughs> there was none of that, you know. There was none of that like teenage. Like this was right. I was 17 when this movie came out. There was none of that for me when when I was watching this. However, like, Blade was not a part of your sexual no. awakening, <laughs> your coming of age. My own personal Scandinavian movie. Um, <laughs> no, it was. And watching it, I I liked it quite a bit. I gave it a B plus, wow. um, and uh, full grade higher. higher. Yeah, I mean, this is like I think this is the most recent one that we've really disagreed on. Mm-hmm. Like, I I really enjoy the directing. Um, I I liked all of the like Wesley Snipes' acting is Wesley Snipes, but yeah. it, you could have like literally put anyone in that part, and you probably would have played it the same, with the exception of Nicolas Cage, and a Nicolas Cage blade would have been fantastic. Yeah. Um. But I I enjoyed all of it. I enjoyed all the I enjoyed the pacing. I thought everything worked well. I thought I liked the plot. The plot, aside from the whole blood god thing, but they kind of hinted at it earlier with it. Uh, it, it. The A led to B, led to C, led to D. I mean, there wasn't like any major leaps of logic in the movie. Um, there was some super magic uh, medicine in it, but whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I I think that there was some. I think that the lack of humor really brought it down for me. I think if it was funnier. Maybe not Guardians of the Galaxy funnier, but no, just didn't take itself as seriously. Yeah, that was my major issue. But it, it, it was very dour in a lot of scenes where some some levity would have come in handy. It's David Goyer, man. Yeah, I guess. Look at Man of Steel. I tried not to. <laughs> I did once. I hope. I guess we're gonna do it again. Maybe sometime. <sighs> anyway, go to planetarbitrary.com for your planet arbitrary news. You can follow me on Twitter at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at at k white says. Like our Facebook page, uh, Planet Arbitrary Podcast Facebook page. Um, you could also like the Game Classy Facebook page, which is the home of our sister podcast, Game Classy, which has me and Steve reviewing tabletop games. Also on this podcast feed, you can find the Play On Podcast, which is all about video games, where Steve from Game Classy and Pat of Pat's Retro Video Game Reviews discuss video games. Yay. Yay. Kevin, you have a, a, a letterbox. A website? I do, yeah. If you go on Letterboxd, it's letter, the L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D dot com. Um, it's a cool website for if you're one of those obsessive people who's who, uh, people who likes to keep track of all of the movies you watch and what you thought of them. Um, it's a great website for that. You can find me also on there at K White Says. Um, and I, like I said, I do keep a list. Uh, I keep many lists. You can see what I thought of the last several years' worth of movies. But uh, <laughs> you can also find um, the running list of all of the movies that we've watched and comment on those and, and uh, uh, you know, find links to uh, the website with all of the uh, episodes that we've done so far. 
All right. And uh, finally, the best thing you could do to like help the podcast is like, comment, subscribe on iTunes. Um, you could also, uh, if you don't like listening in any other way possible, you could listen to us on YouTube, on the Planet Arbitrary YouTube page. Which is completely useless, and why are you doing that? Yeah, I, 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 I have no idea, but people like it. They demanded it of me, so I did it. Uh, so, Kevin, until next time. God damn it, Blade. God damn it, Blade. Comic, what? Logic, 